This is Joseph Franklin McElroy with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast, talking about the people and culture of the Smoky Mountains, uh, where my family has been around for a couple hundred years. And I own a business here called the Metal Arc Motel, as well as a restaurant called Homecraft. And I'm pretty proud to be back in the area uh, and uh, meeting and greeting and talking to some wonderful people like my guest today, Darren Nicholson. How you doing, Darren? Doing great, Joseph. Thank yeah. you so much for having me on. Yeah. Sure. You know, uh, last time well, I had you on the the, the previous podcast series and uh, did a whole intro, but you know, why don't you uh, do three sentences of what you think is your, your highlights of your bio? Um, <clears throat> well, I'm the world's uh, the world's foremost turkey hypnotist. There you go. Uh, um, I wear frilly leg warmers, and I have a, uh, um, I have a, a a quite impressive Beanie Baby collection. But there you go. <laughs> let, let me tell you, you I have to look at you quite a bit because you gave me a shirt with the I think it was a picture of your album of you with a rose in your teeth doing a, a deep uh, sort of uh, lunge in your underwear. Right. Yes. Yes. It's a, it's a provocative pose for a well, burly the problem, man. The problem is, you put that on a T-shirt that's so soft that my wife uh, grabbed it, and she wears it to bed about every once a week. So I got to look at your face <laughs> <laughs> in a in a, in a yeah. pose about once a week. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's actually the evening before pill. It's not the morning after pill. It's the evening okay. before. You put it's that on and make sure nothing happens down. in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. It's <shut> <laughs> <everything> down. <laughs> that was actually a graphic. A guy in Kentucky did that graphic. His name's Jonathan Carroll. He's a great graphic artist. He was he was nominated for an IBMA award this year for his graphic art. But he, uh, he took me, and it was the... Uh, if you remember the Seinfeld episode with uh, George Costanza on the couch, that mm -hmm. pose in his underwear, it was basically kind of a, a spoof on that, a version of that. So yeah. uh, I, I still have a few of those left, believe it or not. I, didn't, I did not sell all of those. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, for the folks out there who might not know, which I doubt, I think everybody's going to know, but uh, uh, Darren is one of the foremost uh, uh uh, musicians in Americana and Bluegrass today, uh, and uh, he has both uh, has been uh, has a solo career, and he also has uh, been members of several bands. Most recently, he left Balsam Range, which is you know one of the top bluegrass bands in the in the world right now. Um, so, uh, what what was uh, well, yeah, I know. I, I, I'm assuming that you were looking to pursue new opportunities and new opera things. And so, what? Uh, so, what is new with your career in that regard? And uh, and I guess you have a new bluegrass release, right? Yeah, got a brand new bluegrass record. That's uh, I started. I finished it last year, actually. But the first single just came out on January 29th. It's called Arkansas Without You, and it's a a host of hot young pickers and. Uh, uh, I'm really excited about the new bluegrass project. And so far the, the thing has gotten, it's got rave reviews. It's been, it's been a long time since Balsam Range have been in the studio and uh, my departure from Balsam Range is definitely not an end for me. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a new beginning. Um, I did 15 years. I was an original member and I'm very grateful for those 15 years, but 
uh, definitely got to a place professionally and personally where I wanted to uh, do something different. Balsam Range, a lot of people don't realize, has always been, well, not always, but for the last uh, at least 10 years has been a, a part-time band, you know. And so uh, with every year, um, the dates have seemed to, to be, uh, you know, doing less and less. And I think that's by choice that I think that's uh, what they, they want to do, but they, you know, they only did 30 dates last year. That was what mm -hmm. was on the calendar around 30 dates. And, and I did about 250 dates on my own. So I ended wow. up making, <laughs> by the time it was the smoke cleared, I did about 290 performance dates last year. And so um, it got to a, it just got to a place in my career where, um, you know, instead of being in doing a couple of part-time things, the, the opportunity presented itself for me to play music full-time and focus on my full-time solo career. And, mm -hmm. and to be honest with you, it was a no brainer, you know, I, yeah. I just, you know, I had to, I had to do it for my business and then I had to do it for my mental health too. You know, it's hard juggling a schedule and setting a calendar, you know, because, um, I didn't, uh, you know, people would try to book me for, you know, the fall of next year. And, and I was constantly in limbo with their schedule and what they may or may not do. And so it wasn't, uh, you know, that's, it, we, it was a difference in, in direction of career and it's nothing personal. It's nothing against them. They, you know, they're going to continue doing what they do and, uh, you know, I wish them well. And, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, I've got a singular focus yeah. now and, and, and I'm a lot more happy and it's a lot less stressful trying to juggle a bunch of things. So well, I'm I, in a much better place. Well, I, uh, I remember last time we, uh, um, we talked, you know, I'd listened to quite a bit of your, your solo stuff. Right. And yeah. I, you know, there was some of the Americana and almost country music, stuff, you know, things that I really liked a lot, you know, yeah. And you had a little bit of sort of bluesy parts to it, and some real, yeah, you know, some some real like uh, almost southern rock riffs and things like that. And yeah. I, I, I thought, wow, you should just you should be out there doing a lot on your own, which of course you were. But you know, um, I think you can uh, you can rise, you keep rising higher, uh, just being yourself, right? That's it. Well, yeah. and that, that seems to be you know knock on wood the direction things are going and part of it is you know if if you're always comfortable that means uh you're not growing mm -hmm. and so um I, I just you know i don't want to get into a place with my music where i'm i'm doing the same sets all the time or i'm just doing the same thing i wanted to get outside the box get outside of my comfort zone i did that you know i'm writing songs um, so I did that. The record you're talking about is called Man on a Mission. Yeah. And, and that album, um, I had another guy produce it, Jeff Collins. And I had a whole cast of, of musicians that I don't normally use. And it, it forced me in a different direction. And it, and it was that's what I wanted. You know, I wanted I wanted something uh, new and, and organic and to get me out of my comfort zone and push my own uh, creativity and my own growth to push me, um, push my boundaries a little bit. And it was a great experience. And so with this new bluegrass record, I did the same thing, but in a different direction, I, I've produced several records on my own. And, um, and so I know what that sounds like. So I got 
a young guy, a guy I play a lot of music with named Colby Laney. He's from Marion, North Carolina, and he's just, uh, he's probably the best acoustic guitar player on the planet, or if, if he's not, he's one of the leading three. He's in, incredible, but he's, um, he brought this, I had him co-produce it with me, and he brought this new energy uh, and new life to my bluegrass recordings, and that's what I wanted. I got, I picked all musicians. I'm only 39, but right. I picked all musicians who were younger than me and who were all more progressive players. Right. And so oh, interesting. That's what I, right. I did. And it just put me, I'm still doing what I do. I play like I play, I sing like I sing. But when with this other cast with different musicians, it it's going to have a different sound. And I want to keep. I want to keep doing that. There are musicians that I look up to like Marty Stewart and Daryl Scott, who, you know, Marty Stewart will do a black gospel record. Then he'll do a rock record. Then he'll do a country record. Then, But it's, it's always good, but it's always, it's got a different feel. And in the last right. record he did, he had uh, Mike Campbell from uh, Tom Petty and, and the Heartbreakers. Uh, he had him produce it. And, and I like the, even for seasoned musicians who have a style and an idea of music, it's good to get out of your comfort zone. And so that's, that's I, what I, I'm doing. I agree. I, agree. I mean, I, you know, one of the things that's impressed me in talking to you is that you really have an artistic mind, right? Um, it's, you know, it's not only, you know, there's a lot of artists that, you know, that are really focused on the craft and you are great at your craft. There's nothing, you know, nothing to, to, to short you there, but you also get into the whole conceptual, um, you know, artistic thinking as well about, you know, the concept of what you're doing, the concept of what you're playing that like, you know, you know partnering with the younger players. I, yeah. I, I think it's, you know, I think it makes your work have a depth that is, is unique a lot, a lot of times. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited by what you're doing. How do you think it'll change your live performances? Oh, it already has, you know, and playing with Colby, uh, and just the last few years, my, it's reinvigorated my interest in music. And so for years and years, I would do shows and I would just show up and play and I would go home or go do whatever. But during the pandemic, when I had some personal changes and some lifestyle changes, when I, I've almost had this re rebirth and this fire um, reignited in me for music. And so I find myself every day writing songs or getting my instruments out of the case and practicing at home. Plus I, I play shows five or six days a week somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm doing a lot of traveling, a lot of playing, but like I'm really inspired to get better. And, and being with young musicians with different ideas and new ideas to kind of get me out of my thing. Um, I, I, I just think that's, uh, I think it's important. You know, if you, it, I love that saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll have what you've always had. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I want to, I want to get out of my comfort zone a little bit. I want to grow my business. I want to grow my, uh, my music. And, and the biggest thing for me is not about, um, when I say grow my music, I, I don't necessarily mean I want my name in the marquee lights playing in front of 10,000 people or playing arenas. Mm -hmm. I want to do more shows. And right. I don't care if the shows are for less people. I, I like the 
intimate listening rooms and I like smaller crowds. I've been doing a lot of solo and duet shows. And a lot of this came out of the pandemic where I was doing house concerts and these smaller things. And it just clicked with me. I'm like, man, this is how this music was intended. When mm -hmm. I look at your background, what I see is I see people in these mountains on their porches and in their living rooms playing music. That's how I grew up. And then when we started doing that during the pandemic, there's a connection that happens with the music that does not happen at a big theater show or a big arena. There's right. a connection that happens when you can almost reach out and touch the artist with the music that's so organic. And I'm like, that is what I want to grow into. I want to be the guy who, who takes the music everywhere. I want to share joy and share music and share culture. And I want to be an ambassador for Western North Carolina music and for um, the, the, the culture that I love and making people happy in the process. So you mentioned um, songwriting. You know, I saw on your Facebook the other day, you had just written a song with Charles Humphrey III, who's also been on this show and is a friend of the, friend of the Gateway to Smokies podcast. And, yeah. and you, you sang it. It was really, it was really nice. Um, so you're doing a lot of songwriting and you talk about it quite a bit, you know, but uh, did you start playing first or songwriting first? And what inspired your interest in, in, in songwriting? Um, well, are you talking about like, did I, did I get interested in just performing music first or songwriting? Well, is I mean, yeah. it's interesting. I mean, the question is, is we're, we're some people, pull, I think some people, uh, you know, in, in, in my craft, which is, you know, doing painting and, and things like that, some people become just interested in really drawing well or really, you know, painting, you know, uh, a rose and doing it really well. Or other people have a purpose that they're, they're doing it for. They, yeah. they want to, you know, uh, communicate something. They want to yeah. uh, say something and have yeah. meaning behind the craft. So what, what is your approach? Well, that's, that is my approach to songwriting is I, lo I love songs that tell stories mm -hmm. and songs that have a deeper meaning. I don't like songs that paint pictures like my, my grandpa's cabin in the Blue Ridge Mountain Hills. We played there when I was a kid, the, like nostalgia songs and things like that. Mm -hmm. To me, anybody can write those. That's right. like, uh, but when you start getting into deeper meaning, like, um, you know, talking about love or hope or inspiration or a message in a song or telling a story, basically making, uh, turning a, a three and a half minute musical piece into, uh, you know, that's a, it's basically like a three and a half minute sitcom, mm -hmm. you know, that's, um, I, I, I think those kind of songs connect on a deeper level. And that's usually what I'm going for. We don't always do it. Sometimes we write silly songs. Sometimes we write, you know, you're not going to uh, change the world with every song, but, but those are the songs that I like. And that's what I'm trying to do with my songwriting is write something that's meaningful to somebody. Um, but mm -hmm. the song we wrote the other day, you know, I, I was, I put a, a really rough video out on Facebook and uh, it was not uh, the greatest singing or playing. It was just really rough and raw. And, and to do that, it's, 
is it takes vulnerability. There are some artists who really hide behind going into the recording studio. You know what I mean? Once Pro Tools and everything's run through, they sound like a million bucks, but you don't ever see them sing live. You don't ever see them, you like get on there with just them and their instrument and perform. And I think there's a vulnerability about that. If you're, if you can translate it well enough to convey the emotion, I think people are, they connect to that, the, the rawness of that on, on a certain level. And I'll be dang, I put that video out and I got a call from a national touring act. Um, that's one of the biggest acts in bluegrass. And before the day was out they're they're going in next week and recording that song oh my gosh we wrote that song <laughs> two days ago that's fabulous a, that's the way to do it that's the way to said, do it uh, they said do you have a work tape of it and i said well we just wrote it like 30 <laughs> minutes ago and uh, and i had a rough uh, work tape of it on my phone i sent it that and the lyrics and they they called me right back and said we're going to cut it next week wow fabulous there you, you know. go <laughs> I, you know, you know, it's, it's, I, you know the you know, my conversations with you. I mean, we're 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 planning a performance, and this is my little pitch for the Metal Ark. I'm, I'm I'm weaving it in here, but the Metal Ark Motel has a speakeasy called the Skylark Speakeasy, and we've been yeah. talking to you about it. We've been doing some great musical acts there, uh, and talking to you, you really had the idea of like saying, "I want to, you know, I want to have." Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll do some a set of music, but then I want to have conversations with the audience, and then I maybe even jam with some people that might show up. Right. It seems to be that uh, this sense of community and in, intimacy is central to what you do, all right, and which and why you you left Baltimore Range and why you're yep. performing, and, and you said small clubs and things like that. I think yep. that one of the essences of what you're trying to be is community and uh having an intimacy with your community it's an organic approach but i think that's how you build um long-term fans and when i was talking about that vulnerability like in that video um you know when you connect with people on a personal level um you know like people would see me with balsam range and you know they only saw probably really about five percent of what i can do you know, and so if you want to get to know me and my personality and my my ability, my talent, that you would come to see me at a solo show or a lot, you know, one of my other performances, you know. And so if if people you say and that's not for everybody, you know, some mm -hmm. people don't like my music or my personality and that's fine. They don't have to come. But, the you know, for for the people who do and and uh, and come see me in in that uh you know, in that capacity, that's the way to build relationships. And I'm not really interested in making fans. I want to make friends and I want to perpetuate this, um, you know, the kind of culture that I was brought up in that very much is a sense of community. The technological world has, has created a place where um, we, people are missing a sense of, of belonging. Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why they join these little groups and these, you know, that's why, you know, there's a, that's why there's a division in uh, politics and there's a division in social issues because anytime people are so disconnected in a way, it's a way that they can feel a part of any kind of okay. group. Uh, okay. it's, it's almost like, this is my family online. This is my tribe. Yeah. And so 
I want to kind of do that with music. I want to make a place where people can come together with music and the, you don't have to worry about politics. You don't have to worry about social issues. You don't have to worry about, it's about enjoying music and just having fun, a night of entertainment. You know, it's about. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I grew up in, in the Smoky Mountains here and I get it really well. And, you know, there's recently, um, you know, my, when we, when my parents, my family first got the Middle Arc Motel, my grandmother first and my parents, and they hired a uh, maid who was with us for a long time. And us kids would actually work with her and clean and we became good friends. She actually sort of babysat us and things like that, you know, and then her sister was much younger than her came and, you know, did some things here. Well, recently her sister showed back up here, you know, to come to the restaurant uh and she saw pictures on the wall and community she came talk to talk to me and you know her sister had died and she just you know the the fact that we were you know celebrating the culture that was here and is still here she started crying and she started you know talking and being part of it and other people communicate but that 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 even with the people that you worked with there was a sense of community and intimacy and understanding right that uh, existed here and I, I really appreciate that you are perpetuating that 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 you know i can remember the uh, you know the old timers would get together in, in a in a basement and have a little party right uh, and bring out their instruments and sing and then people would start clogging and dancing and yeah. that, uh, that sort of you know that sort of is a a way of life and a way of being that you felt connected and i, I understand yeah. what you're talking about right and do you think yeah. that you know the way you designed this program that you're going to do at the Metal Arc? This you know, you know the, the has is stemming right from directly from that culture. I think it does. It yeah. does, yeah. And, and that's what like I want people to get to know me. Like I want them, you know, especially there are fans of uh, like Balsam Balsam Range who uh, who are like, why in the world would you leave? You know, why would you leave that band when, you know, they seem to be doing all these things? And it's like, well, you know, this is a good opportunity if people have, you know, you know, questions about my career, like what I want to do, why I want to play music, why I want to do more shows, why I want to do, um, you know, the things that I want to do. I can explain it to them. And then, you know, they don't have to keep guessing, you know, and and uh, and so the, the Q&A and, and not just about you know, I, I don't uh, expect uh, questions about Balsam Range, but they can ask me questions about my childhood, my, uh, you know, how I got into music, the music business, instruments, whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I think when, when, you, when you have an evening like that with people, they, uh, you know, it's, it's different than just buying a ticket, sitting in a seat, mm -hmm watching somebody play for an hour and then going home and be like hey that was that was good you know I, uh, it's there's a connectivity that that i think goes along with the music yeah. that is just as important well i hope uh we you know we've been having some weekly jams here on sundays you know uh five to seven people listening um and i'm hoping some of those some of them old-time players are, are we had this last sunday old time like 70 something 75 something people show up and just started clogging and and, and they're you know singing and playing uh, i i hope some of them come and, and take you up on the offer to jam with them at the yeah. end that'd be a major i think cultural moment so <laughs> that's what it's all about and i remember like uh players that i looked up to 
and players that I, I wanted to play. I remember um, I remember when, you know, people like Steve Sutton or a Mark Pruitt or Arvel Freeman who were like, hey, man, get your mandolin. Ralph Lewis would always take his mandolin off and hand it to me. And that oh, was a wow. big deal. He's like, get up and play one with the band. That meant so much to me, to a young budding musician. And it's like, man, that was a self-esteem builder. That was a motivator. And I also the, remember the musicians that were kind of like, who made me feel less than too. You know what yeah. I mean? Who made me feel like, that? hey, you're not good enough to play with me or don't talk to me. And I do not want to perpetuate and I don't want to come across with that kind of attitude because I have zero tolerance for that. Right. And, um, and I'm sure I've probably, you know, I'm, uh, yeah, I, I've, I'm sure I've rubbed people the wrong way. If I've been in a bad mood after a show or something, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I've not lived my life, life perfectly, but I've never intentionally ever wanted to make someone feel bad or mm. not make someone feel welcome. People remember how you make them feel. Yeah. And, um, and, and I love that. I love that about my musical heroes, Steve and Ralph and, mm -hmm. and, um, and, and I just, those are the kind of things that I don't want to die. You know, these old times. I mean, that's part of the reason. That's right. Where the reason I'm here too is, is just because I don't want that culture to die. And so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do my part to also my little tiny part to try to perpetuate and progress it. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, this, mummified things it can be a thing that grows right and i'm glad that you are helping grow that now i'm and we, we i was trying to keep this to about 30 minutes so we're about at that time yeah. How, what, do you want, what do you want to tell people shout out to people to find out more or look you up or what, what do you want to tell them well a couple things going on um i've been working really hard on doing a benefit that's going to it's going to do a lot to help the community the steve sutton fest is going to happen june 3rd at Silverado's in Black Mountain, and proceeds are going to go to Haywood County Schools, Buckham County Schools, and the IBMA Trust Fund. That's going to be June 3rd at uh, Silverado's with Perpetual Groove being the headliner. Uh, but then also, I have a brand new single out. It's called Arkansas Without You. You can stream it anywhere, uh, Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, Arkansas Without You. I've got a brand new bluegrass record out with songs that I've written. And if you go to my website, darrennicholson.net, I've got about 120 dates on the books for next year and going to be going all across the country and, and, and probably um, going to, we're going to do over 200, you know, when the smoke clears of road dates and going to be traveling out further, doing a tour out West, going to Canada. It's a really exciting time. Um, yeah. And, and so I encourage people to come out and I see do. some live music. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. I might mention yeah. that uh, Darren also plays a lot here in the Smoky, especially in Haywood County. So if you can't find a place in the country, just come here and visit. Stay at the Meadowlark Motel and he might be here. He'll be some other great place here in, 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 in town. There's a lot of wonderful music venues and uh, things in Haywood County that's uh, uh, worthwhile and, and a lot of authenticity, right? Uh, Haywood County has is, is not become you know, uh, a dramatically corporate tourist, uh, you know, county, it's still pretty authentic in terms of the way of life and how people live here and how people yeah. enjoy music. So come on down to uh, hear them out either on the road or here. Um, I, I'll do a shout out, to, you know, if you can find out more about the Metal Arc Motel at metalarkmotel.com, 
And if you go slash Homecraft, you'll find out about our restaurant, which is a, almost, it's a mountain's heritage food done with a twist. Uh, my, my wife is from Trinidad and we do a lot of Caribbean, Caribbean Trinidad uh, spices and things like tomato gravy or uh, cream corn. We just twist it a little bit, but it's still, you still taste the authenticity of these mountains in there. And uh, so, and we've been, I mean, people are just raving about it and we're getting great reviews online and uh, some newspapers. Are written That's up. great. Uh, and, when you, and when you come here, you're going to get some, Darren, all right? All right. <laughs> I hope I'll get a testimonial out of that. So, hey, I like um, your haircut too. I like your haircut. I got yeah, it's the perfect haircut. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, you know, the, the Gateway to Smokey podcast exists on this on smokiesadventure.com. It has its own Facebook page, but all the episodes, the old, you know, the previous ones had a couple of different series, longer episodes, but these are going to be shorter, but more uh, fun episodes. Um, and um, you can you can go there and, uh, and, and find more about uh, about everything in the Smokies, because it's also a great site for directories of things like places to stay, lodging all over the Smokies, not just Haywood County and um, and, you know, and, and what to do and attractions and, and things like that. So uh, thank you all for listening. This has been the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. You can go to uh, facebook.com slash um, uh, uh, Gateway to the Smokies podcast or you can go to smokiesadventure.com uh, to find out more about this. And uh, I'll see you all next week. Hey, thanks for having me. Good night.